0: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh everyone welcome back to another episode this episode is probably one of the most requested episodes i think i've had my entire life um this is something that i've been consistently hounded down for and i made an episode i made quite a few little little episodes that kind of talked a little bit about like hijab and beauty and confidence like i've mentioned it in some places but the girl leads were not happy. They have demanded the blockbuster EP. And this has been for like the past, I think like year. Like at least at least once a week, I have someone who DMs me they're like, Can you make an episode about blank blank blank? So here we are. Um, I want to mention that this episode's not just gonna be for the girls, it's gonna be for everybody, inshallah. So everyone can benefit alike. Um, but I will talk about like some different aspects for the girlies and then just some general stuff that can help everyone, inshallah. So Let's talk beauty, confidence, all of that niche of stuff, insecurities, hijab tips, just everything. Okay, so bismillah, this is big. So where do we start? I think that where it really all begins is let's start from when you were born. (laughs) When you were born, I think... You know, when you were born and you looked at yourself in the mirror, I think we can all say that this was a common experience that you probably had no problem with the way that you looked. Right? You most likely didn't. Um, you probably had no problem with the way that you looked. You probably, if you were a kid, if you were like me, you actually enjoyed playing in front of the mirror. You enjoyed seeing yourself, seeing your own reflection fascinated you. Right? It was something that you felt a lot of fun, a lot of in it was something you just found a lot of interest in if you're a girl maybe you were just like me and you used to climb the closets and steal your mom's makeup and put it on because i used to do that all the time i used to climb the closets i used to steal my mom's makeup i used to put on the makeup i used to quickly wash it off before she used to see me um i have so many stories i've destroyed endless amount of her like makeup like she used to buy like these really nice palettes and stuff destroyed done gone because I used to climb on the top shelves to get them down and since I was so little if they used to fall they still break just get really mad at me for it but it was something that we all kind of enjoyed doing and I think even if you were a guy growing up I don't think that you've ever felt a type of way looking at yourself in that mirror I think that when you start going to kindergarten and even elementary school that's when you were kind of more aware that you know there's people in this world that don't talk like me. They don't act like me. They aren't from the same places that I'm from and am from different places, roll from different areas, and that's fine. There's no big issue with that. And you learn to happily, you know, just continue living on with your life. And you rarely, really ever have a problem with somebody in your life because of those reasons, right? And I think as time goes on and you enter middle school, I think that I will... This is my experience and the experience I've heard from a lot of people. I think when you enter middle school is when you start to realize more about how you are different religiously than other people. In elementary school, the biggest difference maybe you might know is that, well, I fast, I don't eat pork, I don't eat, you know, meat, certain types of meats that, you know, aren't halal, like I don't, I don't do things of that nature, I don't dress that way. But it is something that you don't ponder on so much because, you know, a lot of times in elementary school, Your mom already packs you lunch, or your mom is the one that gets you dressed. Your parents are the ones that take care of you. You don't really have any severe responsibility of your own in most cases. However, when you start going to middle school, maybe for sixth or seventh grade, and maybe even for eighth grade, if your parents are the type of parents that continue to, you know, take care of you in, such a, in a way, or you grew up in a place where there's a big Muslim population, maybe you didn't notice those differences. But if you didn't, you definitely started to notice the differences, the differences in how you dress, the differences in what you eat, how you take care of yourself, and the differences in who you can be friends with and who you can't, differences in your relationships you start to notice it all and sometimes even when you are surrounded by Muslim community you will start to notice those differences because those differences slowly but surely I think are part of you growing up and recognizing and understanding your Muslim identity that you are a Muslim and Muslim is not just a title just for to be a title it is something that you live by so middle school starts to start this patch in your life where you start to become more independent um even if your parents did take care of you from six seven to eight then they helped you on and whatever you do start to recognize the differences in your outfits and your wearing and who you can be friends with and what you can and cannot do even if you do grow up with the muslim community you can start feeling those differences um and if you didn't you especially notice them earlier on but when you get to high school really i think is when you learn what it means to be a Muslim when you learn that this is a part of your identity and this is not a title just to be a title this is who you are and this is fundamentally you know a way of life like I mentioned so when you get to high school I think that this is when a lot of people start to feel really insecure I have had guys tell me that they've actually studied they actually struggled with body dysmorphia which is crazy because anytime people say well you know what men actually do struggle with insecurities or they actually do struggle with you know certain things people like there's just no way there's just no way they don't they don't they do they do they just don't admit it right um so which is why we think of the discussion of beauty and confidence and insecurities to be you know discussion for the girls men struggle with it too they just don't really pay attention to it or they don't really acknowledge it or they just gaslight it down their whole life they just play it down But there are men that do struggle with different disorders, that do struggle with different things, that do struggle with different um, insecurities, whatever that might be. And I think in high school is when it becomes fundamentally incredibly hard for you to be a Muslim. I think it becomes in college, like it's, it's really hard because you realize that the way that I dress, the way that I talk, everything that I do is different. Everything that I do is different than them how will they ever like me? I'm going to be alone. I'm not going to have anybody with me. Um, I'm going to go to college alone. I'm going to not be successful in life. I won't get any, as many opportunities in life. I won't get this job that I want in life. I wear a hijab. They're going to pick someone who doesn't. You know, I'm a guy that visibly looks Muslim. I got the beard going and all. Like, I am full on, full decked out. It's very obvious when you say I'm in the that I'm a Muslim. There's just no way. They'd much rather prefer somebody else. So, this section of your life starts where you think well there's always somebody else somebody else somebody else and your competition starts to become the fact that there's somebody else that will win instead of the fact that you know you as a person who is a muslim there's no shame in your identity there's no no there's nothing less of you there's nothing within you that is less of it's just that you have always made your standard to be what everyone else around you is And if you grew up in a non-Muslim country, obviously that's going to be non-Muslim people. And even if you do grow up in a Muslim country, having those insecurities, seeing people around you and thinking, well, that person's so pretty, that person looks way better than I do, makes you feel insecure. And I'm going to tell you my opinion. I think a lot of insecurities do root from comparison. I think that if you have found yourself in a stage of your life um, as an early teen, or even as a teenager, or in your 20s, wherever, 30s, um, you have found yourself to feel incredibly insecure about something, about your facial features, about your body, about whatever it might be. The first thing I want to tell you is that If you are comparing yourself and you think you're not, or you are, and you're aware that you are, in both cases, you need to shut it down. If you are comparing yourself to somebody and you're well aware that you are, this needs to be stopped instantly. Full stop. Pause. Like, this needs to be done instantly. Because the thing here is this. Allah subhanahu wa has created all of us in the best manner. Allah subhanahu wa is the same one who's created the mountains, the skies, the heavens, the sunsets, all the beautiful things in this life that you see. He created them and he also created you. And to think that God made a mistake when making you because you don't look like the next person is very, very harsh and it's very, very mean to you, to who you are. Because when you think about that little girl when she was 3 or 4 in front of the mirror or that little boy in front of the mirror at 3 or 4, they never felt that. They never felt like, oh, God made a mistake on me. They never felt like, oh, this should be changed about me. But as you grew older and you started to surround yourself or you had to be surrounded around people that weren't like you, you constantly felt like you were the odd one out and you were weird. And, you know... There's nothing wrong with that, as cliche as it sounds. And we're even told that, you know, when you follow Islam, you're going to be like a stranger to people. You are. People are not going to necessarily like you. They're not necessarily going to accept you all the time. And obviously, the discussion of making sure that you're not seeking validation from people outside is important. But when you already have these insecurities, um, what can you do to get better? I think this leads me to my second discussion of understanding what does it mean to be confident. I think that we all define confidence in different ways. I think that confidence is, in some degrees, if I had to just throw words and just some thoughts to think about, I think confidence comes from, to your best degree, being absolutely okay with who you are and being absolutely okay with what God has given you and how you are going in your life. As compared to saying that you'd wish things are another way, or you burying, you know, different aspects of your life that you wish to change and calling that confidence, right? I know some girls, they're like, okay, well, if I get plastic surgery done, like that's when I'm gonna be completely confident, because that's gonna get changed at me. This thing's gonna get changed at me, and I'm gonna feel confident. Or some people believe that, you know, if I have this, then I'm gonna feel completely confident. If I have this, I'm gonna feel completely confident. I believe that confidence is something that once you start believing you are confident, you really do become confident confidence I believe is more of a way that you carry yourself it's not necessarily your looks or your appearance or this or that it's more of a way that you carry yourself and if you carry yourself with the sense that I am proud of who I am I am happy of who I am I'm proud of and happy of my identity as a Muslim and my physical appearance it's alhamdulillah I'm pleased with it then that's fine I think that that really is the most important thing the third thing that I'd want to tell you is that your physical appearance is probably the least interesting thing about you. I think that in a perfect world, people like to say stuff like this, and then people are like, yeah, but you know, it's not a perfect world. But I think that even in a normal world, in a not perfect world, we can say this. I think that every single human being that you see on the street has been through some experiences that are insane. They've probably been through trauma. They've probably been through some pretty crazy stuff. They've probably faced depression. They've probably... Been, you know, struggling with suicidal ideation, whatever it is, like people have faced so many things. And for us to limit people to just their physical appearance, I think is vague. I think it's surface level. I think it's stupid. And I don't see much benefit in it because I think that when you are such a complex human being who has been through so much and you limit yourself to just what is outside, I feel like you are selling yourself short. So many people live in what they have outside and not live in what they have inside. And there's this thing that I always like to tell people um, in this situation that kind of connects, which goes along the lines of, a lot of times people will give you gift boxes where the wrapping is really pretty, but the box is empty. And we as human beings have started to become that as well, where you are really, really concerned on the wrapping and the outside and your appearance and your this and your that, that when it comes time to create a meaningful relationship, guess what? The beautiful appearances, the beautiful looks, it doesn't really build it for long. The empty box that is inside remains, that is still there. The fifth thing I believe that I'd like to tell anybody that's struggling with any insecurity, um, to be quite frank, this is just my opinion. A lot of times, you are more hyper and self-aware of your insecurity than other people are. If you hate the way that your nose looks and you're like, oh my God, like I hate the way this looks, I can't tolerate it, oh my God, why is it like that? Like you just hate it, right? Um, when you go on the street, other people don't look at your nose and they're like, oh my God, look at that. They don't know. A lot of people don't actually notice your insecurities. And if that makes you feel better, then I I hope that that's at least something that will, you know, sit in your mind. A lot of people don't actually notice your insecurities, you notice them more, which makes you feel like you are struggling and suffering and everybody's seeing them. Well, shoot, if I sat down in front of a mirror and just stared at my face for hours, I too would start to feel like, okay, look at this, look at this, look at this. But the thing here is this, that you should never get so obsessed, even my sixth or fifth thing, I believe. You should never get so obsessed with your appearance, because at the very end of the day, both me and you, regardless of how good or bad, quote, quote, we might look, we are still going to be food for the worms when we are in our grave now dark yes truth yes because when you limit yourself to such a little standard of physical appearance cliche i know it sounds like a cliche mom that's like oh my god babe you're beautiful no matter what no but really when you limit yourself to such a cliche worldly standard this standard keeps changing you cannot keep up with the standard of beauty which is also why in my opinion i believe that if you vigorously try to keep up with beauty standards And, you know, in the way that your eyebrows should be this week and in the way that your hair should look this week and in the way that, you know, you should work out and get your body to be in a type of shape this week. Nothing wrong with being healthy and taking care of yourself, but to constantly believe that there is some type of, you know, standard that we should all be living up to or you should be getting lip fillers and stuff among that lines is insane. I think that if you just Google, like, just Google, like, you know, lips in the past, like, five years, you'll see how many different lip shapes were like oh everyone was like dying over that same thing for eyebrows if you're a girl you know eyebrows was like the fattest thing for so long where everybody was like oh my god eyebrows that are thin eyebrows that are thin eyebrows that are not too thick and then thick eyebrows came like it's just exhaustive like people always have a change of mind and for you to even just gonna hit at it i know some people they compare themselves to even celebrities that have had plastic surgery done and they're like well look at that person though they still look better what does that person have to do with you you as an identity, you as a person, what does that person even have to do with you remotely? They don't even know you exist. And if someone's out of their way doing plastic surgery, needless to say, that's just my opinion. Um, that stands where that stance Allah knows better. But what makes you think that getting plastic surgery or getting something done is going to really make you feel confident? I know a lot of stories where folks have gotten plastic surgery done and they're like i still don't feel beautiful i still don't feel those things because again in my opinion confidence is just the way that you carry yourself the way that you are who you are the way that you merge you know your identities and who you are as a muslim the way you present yourself the way that you carry yourself like these things come into play and if you are so focused on one aspect of your life and one aspect of your appearance And in just that sector, you leave nothing. You leave nothing inside. You leave nothing to give to people. It's just, I'm a pretty face. Well, congrats. Guess what? That pretty face is not going to get you many places for long. The prettiest faces turn old. They look just like any other older face would. Or the old, like like we said, everyone at the end of the day dies. We all up in the same place. Pretty, not pretty. Rich, not rich. Like It all ends up the same. And I know that this sounds very simple and the truth is it is that simple because when you complicate your mind and you're like, well, look at the way that my nose looks at this angle and look at the way that my eyebrows look at this angle and look at the way that this looks at this angle. Oh my God, you live in this bubble of your insecurities when a lot of times when people see you, they don't even see those insecurities. When you live in the bubble of your own insecurities, you literally limit your life to something so small, so inconvenient so just a waste it's a waste of time you limit yourself to something so such a waste of your time that you never really understand who you can be and who you truly are and how you can actually become confident and all the amazing things in your life that you can't accomplish because, oh, well, I'm going to sit in a corner and be sad that my nose looks this way or I'm insecure about this. I'm insecure about that. It really is this simple. It really is. A lot of times people don't even notice those insecurities that you have. And just for a grateful moment, I know so many girls who Hate, and I'm not talking light word hate. No, like I mean, like they hate, their despise their bodies and the way that they look. Say alhamdulillah for the fact that you have two arms and you have two legs, and they carry you places, they take you places. You have a functioning body. You despise your body so bad. You despise your facial appearances so bad. Yet there's someone else out there that just wishes they could have what you have. And again, simple. I get that, but the reality really here is this. When you complicate things to reach new heights... No matter what advice anyone gives you, it's going to not feel like it's enough until you learn to come out of that little bubble of, oh my god, I'm insecure, and oh my god, I don't like this. It's okay. None of us are made perfect. It's not that big of a deal. But when you live too much in, this is an insecurity, and, you know, I don't like the way that I look with my hijab on. Like, some girls, this is genuine. The girls are going to get this. Some girls are like, oh my god, it look like a potato with my hijab on. Like, I hate the way that my face looks. I hate the way this looks. Like, when you get so consumed in that stuff, it is so easy easy for shaitan to just be like oh well you know what just take it off because you'll look better with it off or for you to start feeling like oh you know what let me just stop wearing my undercap let me just start taking a couple of in my hair this whole thing this whole process this whole you know living in that bubble of insecurity that look i look like a potato and everybody's seeing it and majority of the time nobody's seeing it and i think that's really my big thing here now, as I was mentioning to talk a little bit about hijab and just stuff among that nature, women, I feel like y'all care too much about what people got to say about you being a modest woman and covering up. You care too much about what people going to say about you being a hijabi, about you covering your hair, about you covering yourself. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Let me tell you, there's this quote that goes along the lines of, if shaitan can't make you take off your hijab, he'll make you beautify it. And I like to add on to this quote and say that if shaitan can't make you beautify it, he will definitely make you degrade other people who don't wear it right. It's one thing to give someone good advice. It's another thing to degrade people. So that's just my opinion. But when we do talk about being a hijabi and wearing the hijab, you need to understand that this is a beautiful honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given women. It is something that is so noble. It is something so amazing. And it is something that all the women that came before us did. And if there was any recommendation that I would give a lot of women is skip the phase of showing your hair or checking out your hair strands and stuff like that nature. Now, here comes all the people that love to say, Oh, well, you know what? If you are showing your hair, you might as well just not wear the hijab. What's the point? I actually posted a video today on Instagram where I mentioned how you will really, rarely, never really, actually never really hear any ulama ever say stuff like that. Ever. But you will hear the Twitter laymen say that on the top of their lungs, which is hilarious. Everyone's on their hijab journey. I get that. And I will also say that a journey should reach its destination, which is why I always tell women that if you feel like you don't have it in you at all to like wear the proper hijab, cover your hair, you know, dress modestly, wear loose clothes, just start somewhere. Just start somewhere. Just put it on. Start somewhere. But if you genuinely have that drive in you, that ambition, like, oh, I'm going to go full in, you know, I'm not scared, just go with it, go with it. Because when you go around and you ask people their opinion, like, hey, look, I'm somebody who shows my hair, I'm somebody who just dresses casually, um, I have this feeling that I want to wear a whole hijab and I want to wear a jabab and I want to start, you know, dressing modest, you ask people around you, bro, So swear they will... All oh, literally majority case, they will all sway you away from the decision. They will always tell you, Oh, well, you don't have to do all that. You can just, I guess, maybe wear the hijab, or you don't really have to, it's not that big of a deal. Don't listen to those people. If you have had it set in your mind that you are ready to become a nikabi, you're ready to dress, you know, completely modest, wear the hijab full on. Do not. This is my sincere advice to you. Listen to me carefully. Okay. Never in my podcast I've ever told you this. Do not ever, 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 ever ask anybody else around you about whether you should do it or not. Do it. Put it on, wear the jilbab, wear your hijab, do it all. Do it all. Do not ask people because, you know, unfortunately, sometimes shaitan uses us as mouthpieces, and you can sometimes even go to somebody who you would think supports you and they'd say, Mm, you know i feel like that's a bit much for you i feel like that's a, a lot i don't even i don't know if that's a good idea you don't even wear the hijab right now like this no people are gonna sway you forever and ever and guess what people are not gonna answer you on the day of judgment stop listening to them okay if you know that there's someone in your life that will actually support you like dead on like somebody knowledgeable somebody who's like yes like let's go let's get you these you know abayas let's get you this hijab like okay go talk to that person but do not waste your time going around to every single person in your community and sometimes i hate to say this Don't even ask your own family sometimes. Sometimes when you start to sit there and ask your own family and say, hey guys, do you think I should wear the hijab? I feel like it's time for me to wear my hijab. I feel like, you know, I'm old enough. I know I didn't wear it right when puberty hit, but I think it's time for me to wear the hijab. People are going to tell you a whole load of things that you probably don't need to hear. You probably don't need to hear. And guess what? You don't have to ask anybody to wear the hijab. Allah SWT has already told you. That's it. Now I'm going to sugarcoat it. And like I said, every journey has a destination, and you should be reaching a destination, inshallah. And if you happen to have that in you, alhamdulillah, that you are ready to start full force, then start full force. Don't waste your time asking people. Don't waste your time consulting people. This is not a matter of consultation. This is a matter of you doing. And if you are someone who's on the opposite end, where you feel like, okay, like I kind of want to put the hijab on, but there's just no way that I could completely cover my hair, and I feel insecure, and I don't know like how I can go, just Try and start somewhere. Because the thing here is this, and I always tell people this, no one is saying that you showing your hair and you wearing tight clothes and you doing all those things is okay, right? That's not, it's not right. But the thing that I see and the thing that I know a lot of other people also say is, look, when you have nothing, you are very unlikely to get to that destination. If you've never started the journey, you're very unlikely to ever get to the destination. But if you have something, you're somewhere, some line, some path, some road, some street on this journey, somewhere, somehow, it is more likely that you'll get to your destination. It's simple like that. It's very simple. If I have nothing, I'm most likely going to end up with nothing. If I have something, I'll either end up with something or I'll have more of something, in most cases. And in this case, with the case of hijab and dressing modesty, and again, hijab's not just your physical appearance, it's like your character, you're better off starting somewhere. Like, somewhere. I know some people, some girls that are like, look, I'm not gonna be hijabi, I just can't. That's also why I'm gonna continue to choose to be friends with males, do stuff among that nature. Because, well, look, I'm not wearing a hijab physically. The character, the modesty of my character doesn't even matter. I'm not even wearing this physically. The least that you can do start off with your character. If you are someone who is so incredibly paralyzed that you believe that you cannot wear the hijab, again, I'm not justifying that. I'm not justifying that. It's an obligation. You have to do it. The least that you can do is start off by... Fixing your character if you are in a haram relationship one thing that here at my podcast that is my mission it is to get people out of haram relationships not joking i have made plenty of episodes on haram relationships if this is your first episode of mine type in haram relationships um, on my spotify search bar I've made a lot of episodes on haram relationships. People don't talk about haram relationships. People don't help people that get out of haram relationships. We just say, get out. But then what are you supposed to do? That's what I cover. That's basically the Islamic feelings journey motive, okay? Save the carly. Save the dudes from the haram relationship. We're coming. I'm dead. But that's the motive to save y'all. But... On another note, this is that same concept, that if you believe, well, look, I don't even wear the hijab. Who cares if I'm in a haram relationship? I'm this, I'm that. I don't even wear it. You start somewhere. Again, starting with something is better than starting with nothing, than doing nothing. Sitting there with your hands folded and you're like, well, look, it's just not going to happen. Because I just feel so insecure. And my mama said, no. And she said, I can't wear the hijab. This is not a case about what your mom said or what she didn't say respectfully. I know a lot of women whose moms say, you're not going to wear it. I'm not going to allow you to wear it. Da, da, da. You got to go around it, babes. That's it. This is not a condition of your mom giving you permission or not giving you permission. Hijab is something that Allah said you have to do. It's simple like that. And again, you're better off just trying and trying and trying and making so much du'a and inshallah Allah guides you to that destination then for you to just sit there and think that a rock is going to hit your head and you're going to be like okay I'm a hijabi now too many women and I'm going to say it right now too many women delay wearing their hijab until they probably have like their first or second or even third kid because then they're like well look like i'm already married i've already been through school i've already been through college i already have my job i already have a kids i already have a husband like i already i'm settled so i'll wear it then why are you delaying your hijab to a time that you don't even know you're going to be alive today in one of my group chats i actually had someone message mentioning how may Allah have mercy on him how her brother died and i was thinking to myself and i'm like these people we are all so young yet people are going so quickly and you feel like it won't happen cuz it's like a distant story of somebody else every time we hear a story of a youth dying we're like oh that's a story of somewhere else that's another person's experience we've never seen that happen it happens in every community in every place and if it hasn't happened yet you know allah that allah knows best mila prevent you know us from losing People we love, but it's it's going to happen. It happens inevitably. And so for you to live in this world that I'm going to do it, then it's crazy. And you know I've heard some girls be told that they're not gonna find a good person to get married to if they're hijab or niqabi Bro, scratch that, scratch that advice. Garbage it. Throw it away. I don't know who makes up this advice. I know who actually is the aunties, the aunties in the communities that love to tell you stuff, just tell you stuff. Please look at so many people that got married no offense no offense just general just put this into perspective think about how many people disobeyed allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you know probably lived in a completely un-islamic lifestyle that got married and their marriage failed okay think about all the people that probably were hijabis niqabis whatever got married and their marriage failed right it happens either way so wouldn't you much rather just know that you're worshiping allah In both cases, there's a possibility of marriage failing. There's a possibility of relationships going haywire. This is life. People are going to leave you. People are going to come. You are going to struggle with your relationships. Does that mean that you take Allah's commandments and put them on hold because you want to hold somebody in this world or you want to make something work or you want to make this job offer work or you want to marry this person? You want to have this family? You want to get this career? You want to get into this college? Are you going to put God's commandments on pause so your life in this dunya can go faster? Are you going to put God's commandments on pause so your life here can go smoother? How does this make sense? I tell every girl, this, and I've said this before, how will disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easier in any way? I have genuinely had hundreds of girls tell me this before that they don't want to wear their hijab because they are saying well you know what things are going to get so much more harder for me at home they're going to get harder for me with my friends they're going to get harder for me at school so it's just easier for me right now to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you stand in front of Allah it's not going to be easy. That standing is not an easy standing. That standing is what we're here for. We're preparing our entire life for that standing. So when we do stand in front of Allah, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, it's a good standing and it's easy for us. We go to Jannah. We are here to live as Muslims. And when you decide that, you know what, my sole purpose, which is me being a Muslim, is something that I'm going to put on pause. I'm going to put God's commandments on pause because, you know, I just know that I'm going to live till my 40s and then I'm going to put it on while I obtain all of the desires of this dunya it's insane you don't even live that long you don't even know if you're gonna live that long first of all second of all how is disobeying god gonna make your life any easier how is doing things that god has told you to do with his wisdom that you know are better for you gonna and ignoring them thinking it's gonna make your life easier how are you going to have a better time at school? How are you going to have a better time with your friends? How are you going to have a you know better chance getting married? Whatever third there might be. Because, oh, well, I took off my hijab. Even if, let's say, you do get married. You do this. You do that. And let's say things do work out. At the end of the day, you still disobeyed God. What are you going to do about that? And again, I'm not shaming people. But what I am saying is that. Again, like I said, I don't shame people and I'm not trying to shame people. And if I did in any unintentional way, my forgive me. Which is why I am such a strong believer. And just start with something so you can end up somewhere. Try somewhere. Don't ever put God's commandments on pause because, well, I have this going for me. This is your dunya life. When you get to your ahirat, that is where it all begins. And I can promise you that if you are not wearing your hijab, Ladies, if you're not wearing your hijab because you're scared of what someone will say to you or how people will react, a bunch of people that probably don't even know your last name, people that you're going to graduate with and never see in school again, people that you're probably not even going to see in two years, if you are so worried about what they're going to say, I want to ask you why. Why are these people going to speak for you on the Day of Judgment? Are these people going to be the ones that are going to help you? Are these people the ones that get you a job? Are these the people that that get you your money? Are these the people that get you your finances, that get you your life situated? Are these the people that get everything going for you? It's not. And if you're like, well, my boss, uh, your boss doesn't do ish. It's God. You have your job. You have your risk. God provides for you and your boss. God provides for you and your boss. A lot of people like, well, I'm going to delay my prayer. I'm not going to pray because, you know, my boss gets angry. You're He provides for you and for your boss. Your boss might not acknowledge that, but it works both ways. And for you to think that I'm going to ignore the one that gives me risk because I want to keep whatever I have going to make my boss happy is crazy. Again, disobeying God never makes it easier. Finally, some other things that I'd like to mention generally for some guys. Um, Men do struggle with some insecurities, and I think the first thing, as cliche as it sounds, I'd tell them to accept that they do because if you believe that you don't you're going to constantly just it's going to constantly make the journey a lot harder if you struggle with an insecurity first of all accept it and all the above tips that i mentioned those things do still apply even for men um hijab and you know being modest something that we correlate with women but having modesty of your character is something men should have as well and you know a lot of times men are thinking well i don't even pray five times a day by far why should i be worried about the modesty of my character or you know if the clothes that i'm wearing is covering my oda again same same thing same same thing stop weighing your pros and cons in god's eyes Too many times, us as human beings want to judge and weigh out the pros and cons of, well, look, this is a major sin. If I commit this major sin, that might cancel out all the good deeds that I did. And this is a minor sin. And if I do this, it'll be okay. But if I continue to do this, it won't be okay. But if I do this this day, and if I do this the next day, and if I repent this day, and I give charity the next day, stop it for the love of God. Stop calculating ways to commit sins, to prolong sins, and justifying sins. Stop. If you don't pray, but you struggle with certain addictions or whatever it might be, same thing. Start somewhere. It's better to start somewhere than to have nothing. Finally, I want to tell you one more last thing for everybody. Allah revealed the Quran to us, which is the greatest miracle. Then we have so many other things that we can ponder upon, right? Nature, the mountains, the sky, how everything is made in a type of way how even the most smallest of animals like ants to even the biggest ones from like cows and horses and elephants everything works in a cycle everything works in a way everything has you know the way that it receives its sustenance you know a bird goes out every day and Allah provides for it food everything somehow in some way functions and works and it's just all going right And this God who's taking care of all of this, who's done all of this, saw value in creating humans from the dawn of time with Adam al-Islam. And he taught Adam al-Islam the knowledge that the angels didn't know. And when you think about how significant it is that we are a creation that have free will and the choice to do as we please as compared to all the other creations, we have an intellect as well. And for you to limit yourself to something so minuscule as your appearance is an absolute shame and an insult to how valuable you can be. And I know that sounds harsh, but it is. For you to think that you're just a pretty face, a pretty body, or an ugly face, an ugly body, for you to think that you are just this is so, so, so belittling to yourself. Because when Allah saw this purpose in mankind and He created mankind and He's holding up the earth the way that everything goes and everything's being taken care of and He created all of us in the best form and you think that there's something wrong with you, I want you to ask yourself, why? Do you think that God makes mistakes? God doesn't make mistakes. And if you feel like there's a certain insecurity that prolongs and follows you in your life, then you need to remember that these things... They're very temporary, just like your life is. There's no reason for you to hate yourself, for you to despise yourself, for you to belittle yourself, for you to think that you're unworthy, you're not good enough because I struggle with this insecurity, or I don't look like the beauty standard. Your purpose is not this small. It's not this small. Your purpose is not to be the prettiest girl on Instagram. Your purpose is not to be the best looking one, to get those fashion deals, to get those collaborations with those brands. Your purpose is not that small. It's not. And I really need you to understand that. For you to think that if I take off my hijab, I'll get more business, I'll get a better job. Your risk, your everything is taken care of. The same way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feeds the birds every day when they go out for food. Be happy with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allocated for you. Because when you live a life of you know running wild like an animal to find and obtain more, I promise you, you will end up with nothing. Besides what Allah had originally allocated and chosen for you, don't be so harsh on yourself. This journey from birth till death is so small for you to absorb yourself in insecurities and, you know, hijabi fashion and this model's fashion and this. It's so minuscule, it's so small and there's something so much more better for you. Allah didn't create you for those reasons. Don't put your commandments that God has told you on pause. Don't do the things that you know you aren't supposed to do. Live your life in the purposeful way that you are meant to. Confidence comes in those areas. Of course, you might battle with insecurities. You might feel ways. And always something that I like to tell everybody is I have a little baby picture of me that I keep in my wallet that I keep. Um. Sometimes I put like different pictures of me on my back of my phone case. Like I have little pictures of me when I was a baby and even some on my phone. And I look at those pictures and I think to myself... Life was a lot simpler then because we allowed life to be a lot more simpler. Of course, as you grow old, you have responsibilities, you have to work, you have to get a job, you have to get an education, you might have family on you. But the things that we riddle our mind with, things that we absorb ourselves in, that little you never cared about the beauty standard. That little you didn't care about how other people saw you. When you're young and someone says something to you that you don't like, you know, maybe you'll cry for a bit and then you'll be like, I don't really care. And you're just going to move on with your life because you're very carefree. And you know that that's not what holds the most utmost importance to you. That little you does not deserve to look at yourself now in the mirror and feel hate and feel like, you know, sadness And why do I look like this? Why am I like this? That little you was so happy and it was so confident with who they were as they were. They didn't need a beauty standard or a model or someone on Instagram to come around and validate that. They knew that on their own. So when you look at your baby pictures, sometimes think about that. Don't let your little self down. You had so many big dreams when you were little that, you know, you wanted to do this and you wanted to go here. And you wanted to become this and, you know, you wanted to just do everything. You wanted to do everything. The last thing you ever thought about was oh, I want to get plastic surgery. That was the last thing you ever thought about. The last thing you ever thought about was, I don't like the way that my nose looks. No, you were too busy wondering how you could take over the world as a little four-year-old in your diapers. You were too busy wondering how things could work out in your favor and how you can be, you know, the best you and do the best things and have the most fun. And you were just so busy in your own little world of what made you happy. And sometimes if you really try your best to go back to that world and take care of that little younger self in you and learn to love yourself that same unconditional way. It really does make stuff a lot easier. Get out of that little bubble of your insecurities and I hate myself and I this and that and I'm not good enough to do this or you know I'm gonna look bad if I do this. I'm gonna look bad with the hijab. Get out of that world and every little girl I think we can all say this. When you're young, And you go to the mosque or even when you're at home and you see your mom wear a hijab or you get your first pair of hijab, you don't ever take it off. I think all of us could say that, right? When you are younger and you're a little girl, you get your first hijab and it's like, I'm going to eat in this, I'm going to sleep in this, I'm going to breathe in this. If I could shower in this, I would. You don't ever want to take it off. You feel the most happiest and prettiest and wholest you when you wear it. I guarantee majority of all of us girls have like a picture of us like in some random little hijab at home when we were little. What happened? Why are you doing that to yourself? Why have you grown up and thought that, you know, you still don't look as beautiful and as you aren't as happy with this decision? Little you would be so happy right now. It really would. I went to the masjid, you know, a couple weeks ago where for Jummah, there was a little, little girl there. This little girl, I think she was, like, maybe five or six. And she wasn't wearing a hijab. And so she had her hair and, like, a little ponytail. And as she walked in, she was just running around, running around the entire mosque. She had, like, the biggest energy, just running around, running around, running around. And her mom was trying to settle her down. Her mom was like, come sit down, come sit down. Just She was just running around. Then she starts to look around. And she starts to see that all the women on their head have a hijab. So she runs to her mom. And she takes out this little black hijab and she comes in front of all the women and puts it on her head and wraps it and she still has her hair showing out from underneath but she puts it on her head and she just feels so much more happier with it on she felt like she was doing something that was right especially in the accordance of where she was in the masjid kids learn by example and I think that if you grew up or if you are a parent raising children kids do learn by example and if you are somebody who grew up seeing your parents wear the hijab, seeing your parents pray, you probably picked up on some of those habits. And even if you were a revert, think about you as a little girl. Think about who you were. That is someone that should not be let down by some stupid little worldly standard of this is pretty today and this is ugly tomorrow. You are more than this. Cheesy episode. Yes, yes. Top 10 cheesy episodes by Islamic feelings. Number one is this one. So, I hope you all liked this episode. I hope it helped you in some way and gave you something to think about. I highly encourage everybody to take a little baby picture of themselves and put it like in their wallet or like on their mirror in the morning. So when they wake up and they see that, they recognize that that was also once me and that was such a beautiful part of my life and I should do my utmost best to take care of that. I hope this episode benefited you. Have a great rest of your day. Take care of yourself. as alaykum.